Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach, brought to you by the TeacherCast Educational Network. If you are in charge of professional development and looking to build an innovative digital learning experience, this is the podcast for you. Join us each week as we uncover strategies that tech coaches are using to drive their digital transformations one classroom at a time. And now for your host, with over two decades of experience working with tech coaches and edtech companies from all around the world, Jeff Bradbury. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury, and thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is Ask the Tech Coach podcast, episode number 142, and today we are wrapping up the school year with Google, and today we have a fantastic show today. We are not only here recording, but we are live on Facebook, on YouTube, on Periscope, and broadcasting not only on TeacherCast, but on the Google Educator Group New England channel. Welcome everybody out there. We are so happy that you guys are here as we are here every single week providing you guys great professional development. I want to bring on my co-host from the Ask the Tech Coach podcast, Ms. Sue Vincent. Sue, how are you today? I am so excited today that we are finally getting a chance to wrap up the school year with Google Apps. How are you doing, my friend? Oh, my goodness. There is actually light at the end of this long, dark tunnel that we've been going through for a year and a half. You know, I was at the middle school today that I was working at last year, and there was a, I don't know, how, how do you explain it? The vaccine bus was there, and they were vaccinating our middle school students. I was so thrilled, so excited, and gave me a lot of goosebumps. As, you know, I was actually sitting in the room last year. Um, I was sitting in the room today that it, last year we were doing our live broadcast where the principal got up and said, hey, say you're six feet apart, put your masks on. This is how yes. we social. Di- and and you know, a year later, here we are getting our kids well, getting our teachers well. It was yes. pretty awesome. But today I am excited because we're here to talk about some of the great things about Google Apps. And we brought some friends with us. So I know you're wrapping up your year with Google. What are you doing with your teachers to wrap things up? Well, we are working on archiving our Google Classrooms. We're, you know, cleaning out our Google Drive and all of those good things. And we're going to hear lots more about that as we talk through the episode in the next several minutes. But that's what I'm working with my my teachers, sending out tech tip videos and sending out those end of the year emails to remind them what to do. And, you know, I've even gotten those questions. that I typically have to transition to the IT department of, oh, I'm getting married this summer. What do I need to do to change my name on my account? Do I lose all my Google files? So those questions are arising that we have to think about. (laughs) And the answer is yes. If you're going to get married, you will lose all of your Google files. Is that how it works? You won't. No, that's not. We're going to figure this out today. Again, we are live And if you guys are out there, as I see so many of you guys are, please leave a comment. We would love to see it. I see Peter is out here saying good evening. I see Eric is out here today. Even Google Educator Group New England. And I want to bring on some of our friends from the Google Educator Group New England. I want to bring on Miss Jolie. Jolie, how are you today, my friend? It is good to see you. I'm great. Happy to be here, Jeff. I am so excited. Did you know that if you got married, you lose all your Google files? I did not know that. Learn something new every day. <laughs> no, that's certainly not, true. Course, but, uh, we, not true. We've got some great things going on. Um, Jolie, tell us a little bit about yourself. 
Well, uh, my name is Jolie Boucher, and I'm a literacy and information technology teacher at an elementary school in Plymouth, Massachusetts. So that means I teach library class um, and literacy skills and um, digital literacy technology skills. So welcome to the group. And of course, we're looking forward to hearing all about all the great stuff that you are doing to wrap up your school year. I want to bring on our next guest, Miss Christina. Christina, how are you today? Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach live. Christina, check your mute button. There it is. How about now? Hey, we're live. We're having fun. Okay. I've told people that today is the fourth Monday of the week, so I'm right on track with that. So. Sure. There you go. Tell us, so, tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> so I'm Christina DiMaselli. I'm a technology integration specialist at Pinkerton Academy, which is a high school in New Hampshire. And uh, that means that I work a lot with the faculty and the staff, um, doing professional development, making sure that they're using technology in ways that make sense with instruction and um, really looking forward to the end of the school year. Nice. And it's nice to see you guys out there. And we are getting text messages from all over. I want to give a big shout out to our good friend, Dr. Jim from the middle of Pennsylvania. He is uh, sending me text messages of our screen. He is watching. Uh, guys, if you're out there, let us know. Leave a comment. Share some good things. And we would love to know how you guys are wrapping up with Google. But before that, I want to bring on our last panelist today, Mr. Eric Larson. Eric, how are you today? Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach. Excellent. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, doing pretty well. I'm Eric Lawson, Director of Technology and Libraries up here in York, Maine, and we are looking at about one month left of school. So we are also taking a look at all the tech tips. Let me say that one more time <laughs> to try and wrap up the school year. So we're ready to go. Very cool. And we are here talking all about the great things that are happening over at Google Educator Group, New Jersey. Wow, I just dated myself. Google Educator <laughs> Group New England. You know, I got I got three out of the four words right, or four out of the five words. Anyway, here's our wonderful website. Jolie, talk to us a little bit about what you can get if you sign up for free to be a Google Educator Group New Englander. Absolutely. So if you go to gegnewengland.com, you can gain access to our Google group. And we just opened up the Google group last week, and we will be sharing our newsletters, and you can feel free to post your questions or share resources. And we're hoping to just build our PLN, um, our learning community, and learn from each other all across New England. And hopefully soon, um, we will not only have our virtual events, as you can see on the calendar, but hopefully fingers crossed some local meetups too across the state. So I'm hoping to see everybody in real life soon, Jeff. I am looking forward to all of that stuff. And uh, if you guys are out there interested in helping us out or supporting us or even joining, we've got a few hundred people from the state of New England and even beyond that are here working and working hard to make sure that you guys have some great stuff. I love the newsletters, lots of good stuff going on. But today we are talking about ways to wrap up the school year. And you know what? I was thinking about this today. Can't I just bypass all of this stuff. I mean, can I just avoid it? Can I can I forget that it existed and just go into September? Do I really need to do anything between now and say August 25th? We do. <laughs> oh, like well, what do we need to why? Why is this important? There's a few things that why it's important. One is it's just good practice to get rid of some of the old stuff so you don't 
keep having that stuff uh, add up. But one of the other things is Google Workplace for Education is changing their license structure. And, what? Uh, yeah, I know. Believe it or not, there's Again? no such thing as unlimited storage anymore. So we are going to have to take a look at storage limits. And it's best if you can throw away the stuff you no longer need. Wow. That's amazing. What, 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 what does that mean? What kind of storage limits do we need to be worrying about? Isn't everything free for Google? And that's the thing. It used to be if you created anything from Google Drive, that didn't count toward your storage, but that is changing. And now there are limits on it. And we can certainly add some uh, links in the show notes uh, for some of those limits and where you can find the licensing structure. But you certainly want to talk to your Google admin about what pricing uh, structure you're going to be on for next year. So are you saying that I need to remove the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy video box set deluxe parental edition from my Google Drive? It might save a little bit of room, Jeff. Yeah, that might not be a bad move. Because I have to make room for more of the Marvel movies that are coming out soon. Exactly right? right. You want to make sure the new stuff is there. But how, I mean, okay, let's be serious about this. Is this something I need to worry about? How much room could a Google slide possibly take? How much space does anybody know that we have? Um, I do remember seeing something about Google Photos, and I'm I'm worrying about that. Um, Luckily, the triplets are seven. I don't care about taking pictures of them as they did when they were a kid. But when it comes to, like, our school stuff, isn't our school stuff still unlimited? Or is that being capped, too? And does our school district need to be worrying about this? They do a little bit. I actually I have a sample of it this week. All of a sudden, our uh, public facing Google site, which we use for our public site, capped out and I had to start removing media and and really breaking apart my site into multiple sites in order to make it fit because it hit the file cap limit. So it's not just everything that's in Drive, but each file also has some limits. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Back that one up. What does that mean? (laughs) So the Google, a new Google site is saved to Drive. And so our public facing Google site is in one of our Drive accounts for our super admin. And it finally had a little red banner at the top that said, you can't add anything more to the site until you remove things because you've hit your 100 uh, meg limit, which. And is that because you were adding pictures? Like, okay, walk me through this one because this, sure. is, this is important, right? Yeah. If I have a picture, um, I can drag that into the Google site. Is that the same thing as going into a Google site and pulling it from Google Drive? Mm, I don't know the answer to that one, to be quite honest with you. But I do know that any element that you add to a site is is adding up to the totals. So you want to make sure that you're um, keeping so, just the most relevant things up. So if I have a video and I embed the video from YouTube, is that not counted the same as if I have a video in Google Drive and I want to add that video onto the, I mean, I'm really not adding any more weight to the site. I'm just referencing a file somewhere. Correct. Yes, you're correct in that one. It's more if you're dragging the pictures on to the site or things like that that's adding up to it. But that's so important. And that actually goes back to some of the things like I I usually teach that. Put all of your pictures in a folder and then reference the folder. Don't just drag stuff in. I'm curious to know how that's going to work out with things. Yeah, so am I. That was the first I had seen that sort of banner, and we had a little panic moment, of course, when uh, you know we had a quarantine issue come up, and I couldn't even add the new letter that's saying what's going on. So, um, 
that is something you want to pay attention to as you go down the road, for sure. Oh, my goodness. Look, if you guys are out there and you're getting worried about this, let us know. You can, of course, find us over on Ask the Tech Coach. And if you're out there watching, like hundreds of people are right now, please let us know in the comments. We are here to work with you guys today and help keep you guys as uh, up to date as we go through things. But today we are talking about wrapping things up, and we're going to be sharing with you guys our fanciest tricks about wrapping things up. And I believe Christina has some really interesting uh, tips tips today christina what is the first thing that we need to be thinking about when we're thinking about wrapping up for the school year so one of the things that i think about when um i think about spring cleaning and wrapping up is revisiting some of the things that i've meant to do all year and have not done um and one of the things that makes me happy um, and makes me a little bit less stressed is when I'm a little bit more organized. And this is one way that I do it is this is um, a Chrome extension and it's called Gmail Reverse Conversation. It's just one. There's a few other ones out there. This is just one I happened to pick up a, um, a year or so ago. And what it does is it sits there, you know, up in the toolbar and it automatically um, takes any conversation that I have in uh, a Gmail and puts the newest piece on top. So hmm. instead of having to kind of dig through and go all the way down to the bottom, either your newest one, your newest thing in that thread is always going to be on top. I find that to be very helpful in reducing that stress. I like that. You know, Sue, we've been talking about Chrome extensions on our previous shows. That seems like yes. it's a Chrome extension that a school district might want to like by default just put on for everybody. Right. Just globally push out there. Yeah, and like I said, this is just one of them. I think, you know, Cloud HQ has one. Um, so this is just one to take a look at. Um, but I find it to be really helpful for me to keep myself um, in check. <laughs> now, you had a couple other things about Gmail. Talk to us a little bit about your second tip here. Okay, so the second tip here is, again, you know, we get to the end of the year, we're overwhelmed, and um, looking at something like, everybody I've always says, do filters in your Gmail to kind of mm. clean up that inbox, right? And filters are intimidating. You look at that and it looks like it's really hard. It isn't. Go ahead and just jump in and do it. This I did as a, a four-step Gmail filter, and all you have to do is select the um, email that you want to, anytime an email like that comes in, start easy, just select that. And then you go to the Oreos, which are those three stacked dots, um, and click that. There's always a menu underneath an Oreo. So you'll select filter messages like these. And what you're doing is you're telling the Gmail system, if you see an email that meets these criteria. So that's step three here, where um, anything that comes in from this email address, I want you to do something with it. Anytime you see something like this, do something. And step four is just identifying what do you want to do with it? So in this example, I had said, um, skip the inbox altogether. I don't want to see it. I don't want to have it clutter it up, archive it immediately, put it off to the side and apply a label to it. I'm applying the label tech integration. And if you remember, a label is, is just a sticker. It's just a sticker that's being put onto that email off to the side so that later you can look at the labels and say, anything that has this sticker on it, show it to me. So if, I get, then, an, if I get an email, I can choose to just have it automatically be archived. Automatically be archived. Doesn't even hit the inbox, so you don't even have to deal with it. And automatically put that sticker, that label on it so that you can find it easily later. You could have a label that's just newsletters. 
And the key thing here is that very last item here is um, apply it to all matching conversations. So because I didn't do this all year long, if I click on that, it's going to look through my inboxes and anything that already came in that matches that criteria will have this applied to it. I love this, right? Because this gives you the opportunity to say today forward, do this rule and today back to infinity. Yes. Do this rule. And, and you know, if you've heard me say this once, you've heard me say it a million times. Google is wonderful until it needs to be. How many of you guys just show hands on the docket here? How many of you guys are using some kind of Gmail filters? It's kind of a common thing. Are you guys nesting your filter, your, your, your tags and stuff? You know, this goes into this, goes into this, like a Google apps, Google slides, Google apps, Google. Are you guys anybody doing nestings with that stuff? It, I only it, do I, it a little. I, it, it starts to get too confusing. I, I, I love the concept. I do it too. I just find it difficult because you can't do a search for your tags. And if your nests are more than enough characters, you can't actually see what you're looking for. Yeah. And, and that bothers me to like i know I'll, I'll have one called like you know newsletters and then shopping or new and then in their electronics and then in their monitors and by the time you get out enough of the nesting like you you just can't read it i i don't know do you guys do nesting or do you just have them all individually done personally i try to keep mine very very simple because if That's I have too many labels going, then I'm not going to take a look at things. I'm not going to do it. And this is part of that cleanup. If I don't need it, then delete it. Just get rid of it. It's okay. The delete button is your friend. Now, one of the things that I have been thinking about is how do I make sure that I'm archiving things, but also at the same time, if I need something, I have access to it quickly, whether it be for, you know, coaching reasons, I need it for a presentation, I'm showing it off on a podcast. Eric, you have a suggestion for what to do with uh, some of these different documents. Give us your quick tip for the day. Yeah, so one of the best practice tips is before you go ahead and return all student work, especially like in Google Classroom, you want to create a folder um, so that you can keep some of that. Uh, and what I mean by that is the ownership of a file, when you are using it in Google Classroom, it starts with you as the teacher. If it's a template, it quickly goes to the student. The student passes in, it becomes a teacher. By the time you hand it back to the student at the very end, that may go back and forth several times. At the very end, hopefully, the student retains ownership of the file. So if it's an exemplary piece of work, for instance, what I like to do is ask students for permission to share their work to future classrooms. Then I make a copy of their work, knowing that I will have ownership of that copy where they can keep the original. And then I just save it to a folder. And usually that's just a folder in classroom that I create called exemplary work. And then I can keep that, have a copy so that they still get their stuff. But then I have it later on and if I need it down the road. That's pretty awesome. Are you a star person? Do you, I, I, I might also say, in, you know, in addition to this, mark that file folder or whatever with like three hashtags and an exclamation point or something, which is like your, your way of naming. Does that make sense or is this just easier? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Everybody has sort of their own way of organizing it. And you're right. Some people go to the end with colors and stars and all kinds of stuff. I think naming convention is huge, right? Um, I often will put a timestamp on it just because exemplary work's great. But if we're talking about exemplary work from five, six years ago, may not need to hold on to that any longer. So maybe do like a hashtag 21, hashtag 22 <laughs> yeah. or something Love like that. The hashtags. Yeah, absolutely. 
Now, Sue, you've been doing some videos on your channel over at Tech Imaginations on archiving things. Um, is this something that you recommend? Because I can see that this is one of those things that I couldn't tell my teachers not to do quick. No, I couldn't. I would recommend this in a heartbeat. Yes, and um, this is a good reminder and something I really haven't said this year, but a lot of them kind of do that anyway because they do want to keep that work and we've been encouraging them to do that. So I, I love this idea and, you know, as we close up next week, I may clarify that a little bit further with my teachers. So yes, I've been trying to drive home the fact of archiving those classrooms and making sure you return that student work so that they have their ownership back. So yes, this is a good um, extra thing to keep in mind. So you have that work to, um, you know, share globally with more and more students. It, it really is coming down to figuring out how do we quickly help teachers do things? How do we show off the quick and easy tech tips? And one of those things I like to show off my teachers and also our students is keyboard shortcuts. And Julie, you, you tricked me this week. You've given me a keyboard shortcut I didn't know. Tell us a little bit about your tip of the week. Absolutely. So at the end of the year, I like to make sure my Google Drive is nice and tidy so I'm ready for the fall. And, you know, I'll notice that I might have a file or a folder that could go into multiple locations. So instead of making copies and moving things that way, if you click, sorry, I just got a frog in my throat. If you click on the file, and then you click shift Z, you can move into multiple folders. You can, I'm sorry, not move, but you're creating a shortcut. And, and and why would I need to do this again? So I think it's just a nice and easy way to just create shortcuts into different folders. So let's say, for example, I have a hyperdoc and it's a science hyperdoc, science themed hyperdoc. Well, maybe I want it to go in my hyperdocs folder and maybe I want it to also go into my science folder. So instead of making copies of everything, I can just click right on that file and select shift Z. And that's just a really nice, easy shortcut that allows me to place things into different folders so I can access them later. I like that tip. I like that tip so much, but you're not done with your with your keyboard shortcut tech tips. What is the next one on the list today, my friend? Well, Google Classroom. So many of us have multiple classrooms mm. and there are some tips that can help you clean up your classroom and get ready for the fall. So the first thing I like to do at the end of the year is to archive or copy or um, my classroom. So if you archive your classroom, you can get it back so it's not gone forever. And if I copy the classroom, I'll have a copy of all my assignments. I'll have everything in the same order, but I will no longer have the students enrolled in that classroom. It's just a copy with all the different assignments. So I think that's a really useful tip. So many times I'll see teachers deleting their classrooms. They don't realize they can archive it. Um, and then they can gain access to it later if they need to. Yeah, don't forget like that. that on a Google Classroom, even if you archive it on a new classroom, you can pull in those posts and reuse them again. Yes, such material. a to reuse the posts. So um, I did have an infographic on one of the slides that you can gain access to at bit.ly slash GC cleanup, just some end of the year cleanup tips. So first I like to grade and return all student work and then archive the old classes. And this is a really useful tip. So you never wanna delete your classroom folder. That is a huge no-no. 
But what you can do is open up the classroom folder and you can create an archive folder and then you can click and drag all your old classroom folders into that folder and label it, you know, archived folder 2020, 2021. Um, then if I'm enrolled in any classrooms, I will unenroll myself if I no longer want to receive any notifications or if I just don't want to participate in that classroom anymore. And then I'll also go to my calendar and I'll unsubscribe from any calendars um, that are connected to any classrooms or I might delete some calendars. So I like these six steps. They really help me just clean up my Google Classroom so it's nice and fresh and clean for the fall. Now, I just want to make sure that we're clarifying some things in here. You should not delete your classroom folder, but am I correct in thinking you can you can move it around? You just can't delete it. Correct. You can delete it. I, I mean, I'm sorry. You can never delete it. No. You can never, ever, ever, ever delete your classroom folder. If you do, I don't think you could ever get it get it back. No. So, yeah, that um, I'm sure somebody has done that somewhere uh. and have had deep regrets on that one. So, right, you can move the classroom folder, but never delete it. Um, you can create the folders inside that folder, though, and you can move things in there. So that, that is the one. Um, again, Google is wonderful till it needs to be. There got to be something in the admin section that says recreate Google Classroom folder. Because I, as a coach, we've dealt with this before. I accidentally deleted it. I accidentally purged it. And now what happens is you make a new Google Classroom and the files are all over the place. It's, it's not fun for that. It's also not fun telling the teacher what they just did. Not good stuff. But anyway, we've got a lot of other things going on here. I love that infographic. Jolie, what, uh, what application, just curious, did you do that with? Canva. Canva is one of my favorite applications ever. Um, I do love Canva. And what I love is if I create something in Canva, by the way, Canva is free for educators. Mm -hmm. I can pull that graphic into my Google apps. So I can create a background or create um, some type of template in Canva, but I can still pull it into my slides or Google drawings. We do have a question here. If you unroll a student from a Google classroom, do you lose all of his or her work? in the classroom folder? I don't think the answer is yes. I think it stays, right? Correct, right, it will stay. And and is the idea, and Sue, you and I were talking about this earlier, if we're unrolling, un in, if we're kicking a kid out of class, should we be um, handing back all of their work first or do we just kick the kid out and thank you very much? Or what, what's, what is a proper protocol for removing a, an individual student? I mean. Usually if a kid's leaving my class, they don't care about their stuff. <laughs> you the, the, do need to return that work because remember, when they submit it to you as the teacher, you become the owner. So when you return that work, it needs to be them as the owner of their work. And they, you, we, you were correct in what you said when you unenroll a student, that record of their work is still in that classroom folder. So again, don't delete the classroom folder because their when work we're will looking still be there. When we're looking at this as tech coaches, thank you, Sue, um, it isn't about showing things. It's about teaching things. And it's about making sure that people are aware of what's going on and setting that example. And I got to tell you, there's only one way that I know how to teach these things, and that's by teaching forward. Jen, how are you today? Welcome to the show. And you've got a great tech tip, don't you? Hi, Jeff. Yeah, thanks for having me here today. Um, I think it's actually a nice complimentary tip to Jolie's um, share regarding the Shift-Z 
function because I think a lot of times when I want to organize my shared files, I'm really not wanting to move files away from other people in that may be sort of sharing things in a collaborative folder, but yet I may have a different thought about how I want to organize them for myself. So share with me is kind of the bane of most uh, Google Drive uh, users' existence. It's sort of like that messy closet that you hate to open and yet you feel like that's where you have to go to get contents. I always try to remind um, teachers that I work with that Google um, considers shared with me uh, not really a place or a location, but rather a label. So when things are in shared with me, it's essentially a filtered view of files that have been shared with you. These can be things that you've viewed at some point. They can be things that others have directly shared with you, any number of ways in which you've accessed the file or people have provided you with access. But if it's a file that you want to get back to over time, it's important to create a shortcut in your drive for that purpose and add that to your shared, uh, add it to your Google Drive so you can find it more easily. And so from within your shared with me area, you can simply right click on a file that you would like to sort of elevate in importance and, and put it in your Google Drive more formally as opposed to leaving it in that shared with me area. And so when you do that, you are essentially, just as Jolie described in her Shift Z tip, you're adding a shortcut. And the important thing for users to understand is that a shortcut is not a copy, which means that whenever you access that file, regardless of the location, even if you have the file stored in multiple locations, that file is the same one that all the users are using and always going to give you the most up-to-date copy. So it's a really helpful thing to understand that shared with me, uh, files are shared with other people. And so we want to be careful about what we do. We don't want to really delete them. We don't want to um, really drag them and move them in a traditional way. But by right-clicking and choosing add a shortcut to drive, we can locate them in a place that makes sense for us while maintaining all of the, the things and locations and things and sharing permissions for any other users that may be sharing the file as well. You bring up a lot of good points here, right? And one of them is you need to know where you put things. You need to know where you're putting things. Sometimes you want to take them out. Sometimes you want to Google take them out. Jen, talk to us a little bit about your next tip here of the day. Yeah, so um, Google Takeout is a really fantastic option, and it's something I talk to teachers about usually very early on when I'm trying to make get people to think about moving to Google as a place to keep all of their things. As teachers, we make such a huge investment of our time, um, creating really wonderful resources for students, and there's always a worry that, well, what if I change jobs or I leave my district? Do I really want to save my things in my school? folders because what if I leave, will I still be able to get to them? And so I try to tell teachers pretty early on that, that Google has a really great option for you that can be exercised at any time, and that's Google Takeout. Google Takeout allows you two options to essentially take a copy of your contents with you, and those two options are the the one that I prefer, which is a takeout transfer that allows you to directly migrate contents from your school account into either a personal account or another Google for Education Workspace account. The other option is to use what is considered the classic transfer tool that allows you to migrate your content as a zip file or series of zip files. And it actually converts the format of those files into a standard Microsoft Office format. 
So both of those options are available provided your administrator allows them in the admin console. Um, if it's not allowed, it's worth having a conversation with your administrator because sometimes um, they just aren't aware of this setting. It's a default off, so you may have to ask them about it. And it is also very safe to do at any point because it's not actually taking things away, it's simply creating a copy. So some people use this feature even as a backup tool to create a copy of their contents. So Google Takeout is a, a great option both for teachers looking towards a new job in the starting school year, um, also students who may be moving to new schools or graduating out. So I um, provide in the show notes today um, a link to a resource that allows you, if you're in a school district, to just make a copy of a handout that has instructions for students on how to do this um, so that you can share that with students and customize it for your district and, and use it to provide that information to staff and students. You know, Jen, Google Takeout is a nice, easy way to do all this stuff. If you're, you know, if you're moving, if you're leaving the district, if you're graduating, or as you said, you just want to back things up. And it's really important that you do this only once. I made that mistake a few years ago where I accidentally started and stopped it. And I realized I had like three copies of things and it ended up costing me three bucks a month to actually up my Google storage um, because I realized that I was pulling over multiple copies of the entire Lord of the Rings series and <laughs> we don't want to be doing that. So make sure that when you're doing this, you know what you're moving over. It could be something small. It could be Eric's website or, you know, it could be that you need to really re reconsider what you're doing with your district. Eric, you were mentioning earlier that Google has now changed the way that they are praying, no, marketing, mar marketing their product to people. Talk to us a little bit about uh, the new educational pricings yeah so um it used to be that there was google for edu which was free and a google enterprise which cost a little bit of money um and some of us who were able to get into that through a marketer are sort of locked in for a few years um, but if you're not and you want some of those additional features or if you want some extended storage uh, you can go to this website which we will have in the show notes where you can still retain the free version um, but certainly all of the updates to google meet and um, some features with Google Classroom in the storage space is going to cost a little bit more. So you really have to make sure you look down through these. And of course, this is more for um, the Google admin and more than anything because it's for the whole domain um, or it's going to be a per student per year type of cost, something like that. But it's, it's certainly worth a look because every district's different. Um, you can pull down reports from the admin console to kind of see where you're at, um, who's using up the most space to see what would make the most sense for you moving forward. If you have any questions about this, uh, please let us know in the comments. We would love to have you guys uh, be helped out today, answer any questions. Of course, we're going to be talking about this over on GEG New England. You can, of course, use the hashtag GEG New England, too. And there's a lot of great stuff happening. Jen, talk to us a little bit about some of the things that we've got coming up um, this next few weeks on GEG New England. Yeah, so um, we are really excited to share some of our favorite tips related to celebrations that teachers are often looking to have at the end of the school year. The end of the school year provides us with such a great opportunity to um, celebrate the accomplishments of our students and provide some unique opportunities to share that information out with families and with kids. And so we have some tips that we're looking forward to sharing with you around that idea just in time for the end of the school year. This is on June 3rd at the 815 time slot that we um, are 
featuring our broadcast in, and the recording will be available on our website if people can't make the live broadcast on June 3rd. Very, very cool. And there's one more thing that we wanted to share. It was all those amazing resources. Jolie, share with us a little bit about where and what. And uh, you're doing something pretty interesting with our resources, aren't you? Well, we use Data Studio. We love Google's Data Studio to curate all of our videos and resources for you. So if you go to gegnewengland.com and you select resources, you can then use our filter to filter by tool and format, and you can gain access to some quick three minutes or less tutorial videos that go over some of the things we mentioned during today's show. So we have all the descriptions and some images and the titles there for you. And you can just give them a quick listen and hopefully um, share with your colleagues. And um, hopefully that's helpful. And we certainly hope that you guys have a chance to check out everything happening over at GEG New England. And to my friends today, thank you guys for stopping by. Let's do a quick round robin. Uh, Eric, where can we find out more about the great things that are happening up where the lobster live? <laughs> lobster. If you follow me on Twitter, I'm at ELawson1977. Very, very cool. And Christina? Uh, you can always find me on Twitter. I am at Mrs. D, M-R-S-D-I. And Jolie. I am on Twitter at Jolie Boucher and at FlippedTechCoaching.com. And Ms. Judkins. You can find me online at TeachingForward.net and on Twitter at TeachingForward. You know, Sue, as we're... There we go. Sue, as we're going through all of these great episodes with our friends over at the Google Educator Group, I am learning more and more about it, not only how to be a great tech coach, but also how to bring some of these great tech tips into my classrooms, especially as we wrap up. And some of these things we're going to be talking about on our brand new web series, Tech Coach Weekly. Yes, we're going to be bringing so it to excited. you guys live on YouTube. Sue, tell us a little bit about some of our first few episodes. So we're kind of doing some of these tips that we've talked about tonight and we're expanding upon them a little bit. So one topic that we have coming at you is Google Forms and what can you do with those forms at the end of the year? Can you reuse them? Do you need to clean them up? What can you do? And then more about archiving that Google Classroom like we talked about. We'll also talk about Google Keep and so many other Google things. And of course, you can check out all the great stuff over on our website, askthetechcoach.com. You can find all of our blogs, our podcasts, and all that other great stuff over there. Hope you guys have a chance to check it out and check us out over on Twitter at Ask the Tech Coach. And Sue, you've got some other great things happening over at Tech Imaginations. Tell us about those Tech Tip Tuesdays. Yes, Tech Tip Tuesdays are flowing right along. In fact, some of the ones I have coming up are a few of the ones we talked about tonight. The Shift Z is coming up next week, so look for my video tutorial on how to use that Shift G, excuse me, Shift Z <laughs> that Jolie told us about. So that'll be next week's Tech Tip Tuesday. And there's a lot of great things happening over there on Tech Tip Tuesday. And we want you to join us here each and every week. We drop our show on Mondays, and we thank you guys for making TeacherCast a part of your professional development. So on behalf of GEG New England, Sue Vincent, and everybody here in the TeacherCast Educational Network, my name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you guys to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students. 
You've been listening to Ask the Tech Coach, hosted by Jeff Bradbury of the TeacherCast Educational Network. Please reach out to the show with all of your questions on Twitter at Ask the Tech Coach or online at www.askthetechcoach.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And please take a moment to write a review in the App Store.